Welcome to the Progressing Lives Everywhere podcast, brought to you by Amoria Bond. In each episode, Amoria Bond will interview a prominent leader from across their specialist STEM sectors to discuss their personal experiences of progression and share invaluable insights and inspiring anecdotes of what progression means to them. This is Progressing Lives Everywhere. Hello and welcome to the third episode of our special mini-series of the Progressing Lives Everywhere podcast, in which we're exploring with expert guests how to unlock effective communication and seeking to address the assertion of number three ranked CEO in the world, Bob Chapman, that the language of business is broken. Following on from the fascinating insights already shared in parts one and two by Sarah Hanna of the Barry Y. Miller Project, liquid thinking author and star of the high performance podcast, Professor Damien Hughes. In this episode, we hear from Esther Christian about ways we can practically apply different communication tools. We really hope you enjoy this interesting conversation with host Andrew Beard. So Esther, thanks very much for taking part in the podcast. I've been really looking forward to this conversation because I know you've got a lot you can bring on this particular subject and it's always been interesting speaking to you about it. We're talking specifically about insight discovery or similar models to that and, and really how that, when used effectively, can, can progress lives through communication. For those that haven't come across this model before, could you give us a short overview, please, as to you know, what, what it is and, and, and how it works in practice? Thank you. And thanks for having me. So the basis of psychometric profiling, which is a, a broad brush for, for all of the profiling tools that people use, is about taking people's personality profiles. So it's about behavior. It's nothing to do with capability and really understanding who you are as an individual deep down and the impact you have on others. But more importantly, it's about respecting everybody else's energies. So when we talk about energies based on, you know, Hippocrates back in the 500 BC, who, who looked at the ways bodily fluids moved and, and Carl Jung in the late 1800s, um, took that information and said, Oh, actually, there's something in that. So we've got our introverts and our extroverts and we've got people that are driven by dominant thinking and feeling. And because we're on a screen, you can't see it all. But, you know, I often point to my head when I'm talking about thinking because it's at the top of our color wheel. And then I point to my gut when I talk about feeling because a lot of our feeling emotions come from here. So we have our four basic colors, which I know a lot of your team and business know of and use anyway. So we have our red and our blue, which is our thinking, our introvert thinker is our blue energy, our extrovert thinker is our red. And then we've got our feeling energy, which is our introvert being green and introvert extrovert feeling being yellow. And often the, the, the thing that happens when we talk about psychometric profiling is people hang their hat on being one color and we are not one color. We are all wired with all colors. We just have a, a conscious preference how we act in a certain environment. Some people might say, uh, you know, when we're at work, we do things in a certain way. Others might say when we're not at work, our natural persona or our less conscious comes out. We are made in a certain way. It can be down to 
the upbringing. So you've probably seen the iceberg where your environment affects your behaviours, but deep down you've got your capabilities and your understanding that makes who you are and your identity. So depending on cultures, upbringing, the environment you're in within a business, often you can join a business and, and you do have to morph into their ways, which might not sit comfortably with the way you're wired. But we all have the ability to use all four colours, but we have to think about it. So we have our natural way of being and then we have where we where we draw on the energies that we know. So so insights really helps people because it's very simple. Actually your your adapt it's the ability to be able to adapt your style. It's all driven by emotional intelligence. So forget the IQ, forget being fast tracked, forget your university degree. It's your ability to look at someone's face or read their body language or hear how they communicate verbally to understand then how you can adapt to draw the best out of other people. And then ultimately, it will be the best for you because you'll get results the way you you need them as well. Myers-Briggs, based on exactly the same way, you know, the I is introvert, the E is extrovert, and then there's a T and an S and a J, and they, they fit in with, with, with insights. And there's so many ways of labeling it. The important thing is understanding the message that you are not one dominant color and it's not an excuse to behave in a certain way. So often within workshops and, and business environments, someone will say, well, that's just my red energy. You just have to put up with it. You know, it's the worst thing you can possibly say. Or, well, I'm feeling quite green. You know, I've got quite a lot of strong green energy. So you're going to have to allow me, you know, suddenly the, the tone changes and people use it and almost go loggerheads against each other with it. Whereas used in the right way, understanding every color energy, not just your own, can then help drive the success of your emotional communication and your ability to drive things forward in a way where you take everyone with you rather than losing casualties of colors along the way. So we've got the fiery red. So that's on a good day in particular, we'll, we'll look at. So that's the strong will, determined, results focused, competitive. Then we've got the uh, sunshine yellow. So these are our extroverts now. So yeah, yeah, optimistic. <laughs> yeah, the wonderful things that happened at the weekend, that, that those kind of things, right? Yeah, that, that kind of dynamic, persuasive type color. Then we've got the cool blue. So analytical, data driven. And now we're into the, of course, the introverts. And this is the, the, the core blue is a thinking introvert. And then earth green, caring, considered collaborations, probably quite an important word. Yeah. For and harmony. It's harmony. Yeah. It's peace. It's wanting the right thing. So it's do it bearing everyone's opinions in mind. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely the quietest of all of them when they're put under pressure. And obviously there is a bad day, but we, we won't go into that for, for the purposes of this. But, um, everyone who, who's starting to figure out what they are or might be will, will realize what they might be on a bad day. There yeah. is a great book on this actually by a, a gentleman called Scott Schwellfeld. And, and what really stuck out to me on it when I was watching it is he made a point where basically he says we should think about the energy others lead with and then treat them that way he was particularly talking about spousal relationships because very often we're attracted to our opposite mm -hmm. in that makes us feel complete in a sense but actually i think that that point is crucial to any kind of 
relationship, really key relationship that we're involved in. And so if we look at progressing lives through effective communication, this is something that I've started to try and do in the key relationships in, in my life, in work or in non-work, is to really figure out the energy that others lead with and try and treat them that way. Mixed success. I gave you the example as we were, we were setting this up of how I tried to, because at home I'm, I'm more uh, less conscious persona, I'm more on the blue side and, and there's a lot of sunshine yellow in the house, as you can see with the picture above me. So I tried to be a bit spontaneous with a holiday choice and and the feedback I got was, uh, well, it's quite a safe bet because it's somewhere we'd always been. So big success, but, you know, we yeah. try. What would you say, if, if we're really going to try and do this as leaders in business and try mm -hmm. and get the best out of the relationships we've got with our teams and with the cost of business as a whole, what are some of the benefits to really trying to put that individual puzzle together and doing that in practice then? So really the energy that others lead with and, and, and treating them that way. Because I said a sentence earlier that I think you went, oh, I like that, which was the, like, don't burn your energy trying to work out what people think of you. You know, it doesn't matter because the minute you start to try and understand them and adapt and, you know, I prefer to sort of say morph into other people's styles, the ability to to talk to people in different ways, you know, and, and we do it every day. You know, I, I've, I've, I've been a salesperson for a long time, you know, and I used to go into accounts and I used to be, you know, Esther, top salesperson at Xerox for all those years. And I'd go in and she'd say, you know, got to get in touch with computer associates. They haven't played their bills. Can't give them any more stock. And I'd be like, but we need stock. I've got to get the forecast. And she'd be like, but these are the facts. I didn't accept at the time in my youth that she was doing her job because I believed I was doing my job. and She was just getting in my way. And my strong red energy would come out. And, and I would then come out of the room with her and be like, roll my eyes and get all angry and then go, oh, actually, I don't think I treated her very well. And I'd go back in and be like, did you have a nice weekend? Because I realized that she was, it, it was like an afterthought for me because I was so gung-ho on being a successful top salesperson and wanted all these results that it was kind of a bit of a wave effect that I didn't necessarily see the damage I was doing behind me. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to be introduced to psychometrics back in the, the late 80s when it was all becoming quite a new thing, a new fluffy thing, my dad would say. It made me realize that, she had her job to do and she had the information and, and her boss was not going to allow her to take my customer off hold just so I could achieve my targets. So learning to then say, right, okay, what do you need from me? You know, is it the credit limits too low or is it that, you know, what, what can I do to help us achieve the result that we need as a business? Because for, for a while, especially in the 90s, there was a lot of sales versus back of house. You know, if they if we weren't there selling stuff, they wouldn't be able, you know, they wouldn't have jobs and back of house would be going. But if we didn't quietly sit here and deal with all of the aftermath of your snap decisions, you wouldn't have we wouldn't have anything to sell or a service to give. The introduction of psychometrics within business, I think, is is key to making sure that we just respect other people's energies because we say opposites attract. And as you said about the, the TED talk with Scott. And, and definitely in an outside of work environment, opposites do attract. And that's why you have like the first one of these things I did was called Herman Brain Dominance Instrument. And I was a one, two, one, one. Now, a one, two, one, one was a creative outgoing, basically the description of yellow energy. But the, the lady in accounts, she was a three, four, six, seven. 
which was great for her. She was like, well, I'm introvert. I'm detailed. I, you know, don't let things worry me as much. You know, if the facts aren't there to support it, then it isn't real. So come to me with the facts. We'll find a resolution. So we talked about a whole brain team. So Herman Brain was, you need representatives of each color and you need to respect the representatives of each color dominance. So as we said at the beginning, we've got all four color energies in us. My red wiring and my yellow wiring are just slightly more connected than my green wiring and my blue wiring. And using other people, not in a manipulative way, but respecting that actually, if I didn't speak to somebody with strong blue energy in a manner that they saw I respected them and I wasn't just going in there to manipulate them to get my own way, that we were going to drive better results by doing it together and ultimately holding hands like the family in the picture behind your head, you know, just holding hands and, and going at it as a team together using all of the dominant energies working together rather than it being strong red forefront of the business the fiery red or the sunshine yellow who wins the accounts and etc what i heard from the conversation was a couple of things one you talked about the different models that have been around and and it was seen as fluffy but actually if it's used practically so if you do know your uh, your preferences you do know that you're a dominant red for example and you're going into that conversation with your opposite which in that instance is green or yellow mm. and blue if you lead with your dominant energy, that immediately is going to set up a negative conversation. So that's not yeah. likely to be the result that, that, that everyone no. wants or an effective conversation. So it's almost about when we're going into these these key moments throughout our day or week or whatever, or these key moments in our, our working relationships, just taking that moment to understand how the, the other person prefers to, to be communicated to and, and, and engaged with mm. and meet them where their energy is uh, and that all that really takes there's a wealth of stuff online about this you can learn about it mm. in a few minutes what it takes is a little bit of preparation really don't leave on in there without that preparation and, and then just go in there with the intention of yeah i'm going to try and meet this person at, at their needs the other thing i'd just like to add on that is we talk about opposites attracting in our outside life but inside of a work environment, it's often the same colours that are attracted to each other from a working point of view because they just get me. I don't have to spend my energy on adapting my style. I can just be straight on and get the job done. Whereas when we're preparing to talk to somebody of a different colour energy, so say it's a difficult conversation, if your wife, husband, partner, best friend, daughter is someone who has dominant energy styles think about how you would approach it with them because we're not just work and home are we we're individuals and whilst we our conscious persona has a, almost a higher dominance when we go into an environment where we are acting so our work environment we have so many tools around us of the people if i think about my best friend you know I love the fact that she's the one who organizes everything because her attention to detail is amazing. So if she says, let's all go on holiday, then great. She doesn't mind doing all the planning because I let her do it. The minute I go in and say, well, what time are we meeting at the airport? She's like, it's all under control. I'll send you an email. I'm like, oh, okay, then it's fine. Whereas if we were all the same, we wouldn't get anything done. You know, if it was all yellow energy, it'd be all dreams and, and wonderful communication and feeling like we were you know getting the best out of everything we've got an idea let's run with it whereas there's got to be people there that you respect who go actually we can't run with that because of 
here are the facts or this doesn't feel right and respecting the people that say actually this doesn't feel right and then not going okay well how do you think we should do it and even using those words so strong red energy and strong blue energy will naturally use the words think a lot so what do you think of this now if i say what do you think of this on the spot in a moment to someone with a strong introvert energy introvert feeling then they will immediately think if i don't get this right i'm going to be seen as an idiot or i'm going to be in trouble so if i just changed my words simply and said one, one word feel how do you feel about yeah, it yeah how do you feel about this or what or even the word thoughts to think so yeah. I'd be really interested to understand your thoughts on this. It's way less spiky than the word think. I'd be really interested to understand your thoughts on this. You don't have to suddenly do the everything all at once. Let's not all go, right, I need to I need to say this in a way that adapts well with green energy. I just need to stop and think about how I communicate. So how do you yeah. feel about that is an amazing question for someone with with introvert feeling and with extrovert feeling as well. So the strong yellow energy likes to be asked how it feels about it. But because we have more than one energy, we all know where it takes us. But just literally adapting those words can make a huge difference of the impact of how it's received by somebody. Really well said. Thank you. On a more macro level then, or a more organisational level, it's quite a difficult one to answer. What advice would you have to businesses about how they can use this type of model? So with the thinkers, the feelers, the, the doers, the planners, you know, introvert, extrovert. So how they can use this type of model to effectively communicate to those different preferences or different tendencies to really create, well, ultimately back to the subject, how to progress lives within organisations through that, that method of communication. It has to be ingrained in the business. So I know your business is, is extremely fortunate that you've taken this on board and you use it a lot. It is by the terminology of the emails that you send. You know, when you send a group email out to someone, it needs to talk to every energy. If you just, if you're, you've got a dominant red energy, fiery red director in the business and he doesn't put people's names and he doesn't say, how are you? And did you have a week, good weekend? Cause he doesn't actually, he's not really interested. He's got something he needs to talk about there and then he will lose probably 25% to 30% of the people he's communicating or she's communicating to by email because it's cut and dried and it's cold. I was for a long time just used to use my initial E at the end of an email because it's like I've said what I need to say. But there's part of me that thinks when I'm sending you an email, it might mean a lot to you just to have kind regards Esther at the bottom. So just change my sign off and talk to people by their name on an email. Don't ignore the fact because if the recipient of that Word document or the without being able to see people's faces, which blue energy would probably rather sometimes to just send it to me on an email just send me the bullet points adapting our style in group behavior is probably the most important because we can all focus on i've got a meeting tomorrow with somebody who's got dominant green energy and therefore how am i going to do this i'm going to send them the questions before the meeting because i want them to have some time to reflect on it before i drop it on them rather than say I need a meeting with you tomorrow. I can guarantee there are people in your business that 
you know, if they are dominant red energy and you say, I need to sit down with you tomorrow, they'll say, yes, good, great. Or if you dominant red energy says it's a dominant yellow, yellow energy, you know, I need to sit down with you tomorrow. Yellow energy will be like, oh, what have I done? I don't think I've done anything. And they'll go off into a, you know, what's this going to be about? Green energy will just think there's something more to this. I don't know the information and they will probably have more introvert concerns about it. And they won't ask anybody, have you been asked to go into that meeting? Because they think it's only them. Yellow energy, meanwhile, has asked everyone in the building whether they've got a meeting with the director the next day. And blue energy will just say, I need more information. Just tell me what you need me to bring to the meeting because they'll have the confidence because they are thinkers that they're not going to be emotionally worried about it. They'll just say, okay, what do I need to prepare for that? It's so important. I'm like, it's so important to, to make sure that you're communicating, even in a blanket email to people, you know, one line written in a different way for each energy. So layer it for each person. Mm. And yes, it might take a bit longer. And it might be frustrating for fiery red energy who just wants to know the answer now. First line's got to be for red, surely. Meeting tomorrow yeah. at 2 p.m. See you there. Yeah. Cheers. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. The for the rest and of you. Is, don't worry or prepare this or bring that. Be on time. Because if if red energy would then naturally think, why should I have to do that? Why should I have to do that? I've got a team of well-educated, intelligent people who I shouldn't need to worry about pussyfooting around them, maybe. I'm not saying all red energy is like that. But if someone was very strong red, it's so, so what does it matter? But then how often after that meeting or during that meeting does the red energy get frustrated because people aren't prepared for it because they didn't know what was coming? And green energy and yellow energy have wound themselves up so much with all their feeling and emotion that they're almost before the meetings even started and they have no idea what it's about. They're on a back foot. They're panicking about it. So by giving people in energy, in colors, the instructions and it, it whilst red energy and blue energy may say, well, why does it matter? I've given you what you need. By doing it, the knock-on effect will mean everyone will come as equals to be able to give the best of themselves to whatever the outcome needs to be. It's a great point because it, that one email, that could go out at nine o'clock in the morning. The meeting could be two o'clock the next day. So half the people that read it might well waste half their day ruminating. about it. So that, that's lost productivity straight off the, the bat there. And then in the, like you just said, in the meeting itself, they might turn up to the meeting in all kinds of different mental conditions. So the meeting mm. might not get, get be as productive as was intended anyway. So those types of important communications and messages, obviously look some of the more one-to-one interactions, it's probably more straightforward to, 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 to apply it there. But those important pieces of communication that can have such a, a knock-on effect to engagement, mm. productivity, well-being in, mm. in that's where really this this model comes into its own, I guess. Completely. I think you mentioned it earlier on. It's not necessarily inside outside of work. It's relationships and partnerships to whether in all all areas of life to get the best out of those. Extend beyond yourself. Don't try and change yourself. Overhaul yourself. Be comfortable with who you are, but be aware yeah. of who others are, and then really try and work together to make the most of those those key partnerships and relationships. I think that's it in a nutshell. There we go. Cracked it. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to Progressing Lives Everywhere, brought to you by Amoria Bond. We hope you enjoyed this episode. 
please be sure to subscribe, like, and leave a review. Every time you do, it helps others find the podcast. For more information on Amoria Bond specialist services and to access the podcast show notes, head over to amoriabond.com. Join us next time as we continue to progress lives everywhere.